The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. I am Roger B. This is Lock and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Now, first of all, I hope most of you had a great Thanksgiving and were thankful for lots of things this year, except for maybe the inflation that has crippled our economy. <laughs> and I hope more people got to stop at, at uh, Bucky's. <clears throat> yeah, like yeah. <laughs> that place. Yeah, my, I was a virgin. Yes, I got my were. Bucky's cherry pop this got, past week. I got to see Bucky's, <laughs> Bucky's cherry this <laughs> last week. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, that was place I is right or was I? Right? It's pretty big. Although Daryl says that's a small one. Yeah, there are bigger ones. Daryl's yeah. not wrong. He's yeah. not wrong. Oh no, there. he's In never fact, wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't tell him that. <laughs> That's what he thinks. You know, they, they just built one. I, oh, I can't remember. I think it was in Alabama, that huge one. It's either Alabama or Florida. Like and it, 400 it's the, gas it's pumps the biggest, or uh, yeah, it's the biggest one. But they have another one in Texas that's about to open and it's going to reclaim the biggest. The biggest. Well, because they are from originally Because from Texas, they right? are from Texas and so uh, they everything has it. to be bigger in Texas. Of course it does. That was uh, fun though. I enjoyed the, I, my trip to Bucky's was entertaining. Yes. The stuff they carry, mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like a little mini it's, Walmart. It's a, <laughs> it's a Walmart, Sam's Club, Costco, it's all the above. And the sliced brisket sandwich, ah, and I to t- die for. I tell you, I mean, I was tell, <laughs> talking to David earlier today. There's just, look, I love Georgia barbecue and I think Georgia has probably some of the best barbecue in the world. With pork. Pork barbecue. I was just about to say pork and smoked chicken and ribs, but when it comes to brisket, beef they brisket, ain't nobody beating Texas. Texas I mean, got it locked my down. Goodness, they do. And that uh, was fun though. Yeah, that oh, was a good, good sandwich. Stuff. Oof. Yep. Of course, me trying to eat it on the road while I'm driving, I would have been better <laughs> off looking at my phone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. I hope everybody had great Thanksgiving. Oh, man, had I lots hope, to give thanks for. I, yes, I hope they did too, Roger. And I hope mm. they got to have a literal a literal blast like we did. Because, uh, we shot a lot of guns. That's, well, just like the original Thanksgiving like people original. probably did. You know, they didn't kill turkeys with, uh, with, with, by looking at them, with unicorns and by, glitter, by hoping, that, <laughs> by scaring them into heart attacks. Exactly. I, you know, Roger, in the few minutes that I have, I did want to talk to you real quick. Wait, here's something real uh, cool. Increase prices by 200%. Drop them by thirty percent. Take credit. Take credit. That's Joe Biden. That's Joe Biden. That's that's how I ended my show, Roger. I know. That's one hundred percent right. One hundred percent. I brought this photo that, up. This meme. You know, before we go on, I'd like to uh, remind everybody, and we're getting closer and closer, literally daily, with your old friend coming through, Mark the Shark. Shark. Mark the uh, Shark. But take a look at our website. And if you're a veteran, it'll be of special interest to you. Yeah, exactly. And we're getting closer and closer to... Releasing the news? Releasing the news. Excellent. Well, not, not a winner, just... Right, but what we're going to do. The announcing the rules of the contest. what we're going to do. Yes. Announcing the contest. I and can't wait. The details will be there very shortly, and uh, everybody should just go to our website and take a look at it. And awesome. See what's coming. It's coming. Yes. That's great news. I can't wait. So anyway, anyway, everyone well, had a great Thanksgiving. We got to shoot guns. We got to, we got to eat turkeys and, and ham and, and all this other 
Uh, I mean, we glu- shot gluten-free, gluten-free food. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, no, turkey, gluten-free, ham, gluten-free, brisket, yeah. gluten-free. There you go. Well, all right, then. And we were, we did great. <laughs> I know. There's lots of stuff that was gluten-free. Man, it was, uh, it was, it any was meat great. out there is pretty much gluten-free. And, and for us, it was an actual blast. I, I must say we had, uh, we we spent a few yes. rounds. <laughs> yes, that was fun. Well, finally, you got to say. I think the neighbors thought that Hamas or BLM or Antifa were attacking uh, where we were, based and we on were the fighting number back. of shots that we. Um, yeah, we were just anticipating. We were practicing yeah. preparedness, preparedness is everything. Absolutely. But uh, and like you had mentioned when you came in, of course, Thanksgiving. Also, what, right after Thanksgiving comes Black Friday. That's right. That's Black right. Friday comes in, and, and that's not racist yet. Not yet. Uh, they haven't no. canceled Black Friday yet, so. Um, well, yeah, I don't know where it came from. I wonder where that <laughs> term came know. from. I don't know. I don't know where it came oh, from either. Uh, David knows. Oh, David of knows. Of course the legend yeah. David knows. Uh, if your business is in the black, you're making a problem. Right. Oh, okay. That's kind of what I thought. Uh, well, that back, makes sense. Back a long time ago, uh, maybe Christmas wasn't coming through like retailers thought it should. Mm-hmm. So they decided to... Have a Black Friday and discount as much as they could discount on any and, and everything. Get a head start. Try and get them out of the red. Get yes. a head start on the sale. Well, that makes sense. Okay. That makes total sense. Accounting. Well, they, so it's an accounting that's term. That's the legendary. Well, anyway, so Black Friday came along and mm-hmm. apparently one of the number one purchases over Black I think Friday. The number one purchase was. Yes, yes. Um, gun well, sales. All they had to do, all they had guns, to do was they told one woman. <laughs> and it covered the U.S. And it covered the U.S. Yes. The word got out, but uh, gun sales smashed records. Previous as records, Americans yes. arm up <clears throat> to fight back. Well, you know what it is, Roger, and you've talked about this uh, a lot. People are realizing that they have, they are their own first responder. That's right. Absolutely. And you're not going to respond. I mean, you're not going to protect yourself with a bat. I mean, does anybody you're not think having a, a fire extinguisher is a bad idea? Exactly. But you probably will never need it. You never need it, but you'll have it. Same thing with a gun. If you don't have it when you need it, you're going to wish you had it. You're going to wish you had it. You're going to wish you had it. So let's see. Actual numbers. So the sales were led by handguns. And maybe you have a breakdown of this, Roger? Uh, Um, Oh, let's see. It it broke previous Black Friday record last week, a continuation of the nation's backlash to growing violent crime and liberal calls for gun grabs. Right. Actually... So many people have decided, I may have to get one now because I may never be able to get one again. Roger, listen to this. The FBI completed, and this to the dismay of the Democrats listening out there, the FBI completed 214,913 background checks checks, on Friday alone. Yep, that's one. Now keep in mind, one day, now keep in mind, states with permits, you don't need a background check again because you've already got your permit. Also keep in mind, that permit is good for more than one purchase. Right. Because if you're buying, you know, if you and have two kids and you're buying them both 22s, that mm-hmm. counts as one background check. Right. So those numbers are just the background checks. They don't include states the that allow permits like with us, purchases, who already have their FBI already, background we've checks. We've already been searched. And, Multiple purchases and, uh, <laughs> for people who buy guns from more than one yeah. person. You know, if you have kids or something. I remember you bought three that time for your nephews at one shot. Unfortunately, <laughs> they were all lost in the boating accident, but yes. I know, Roger. but yeah. Well, they t- much to their dismay. There, I, You know, I'm happy to say, Roger, there's probably been more than one time where you and I both have gone in and bought more than one. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Are. A deal's a deal. A deal is a deal. My, 
Also, this <laughs> saves the government from expend expending more energy doing multiple background right. checks. Do one, do one, get as many guns as you get can on one background check. You can. <laughs> so you guys hear that? I mean, guns are going to become guns and ammunition are going to become the currency of the next millennia. Yes, I mean, no, this millennia is going to it's going to push us in that direction. You're right. I mean, if if we keep allowing these uh, Nimrod Democrats to get elected. Uh, folks, I mean, Roger's not wrong. Your currency is going to be firearms, ammunition, and water. Now, keep in mind that that paper. 214,000, almost 215,000 weapons in one day is more I mean, than we have active ooh. members of the Marine Corps. Oh, yeah. Yes. Almost 215,000 back on trucks. This is why the Japanese emperor said we're not going to go attack them because behind every blade of grass is an American with, <laughs> with a gun. gun. That's right. Let's and, keep it this way. This is why, Roger, we, I can tell you confidently, I think, at least for now, there's. I don't care what the Democrats tell you. I don't care what the, the establishment Republicans tell you. There's no way on planet Earth you're confiscating the weapons from the American people. You're never – the Second Amendment's not going anywhere. And even if they bastardize it like they are – You're right. I You're mean, not getting the hand. How many guns now, Roger, must be out there in the hands of the They're guessing American about people? 400 million. 400 million firearms. So that's, I love it. We need yeah. to, we need to go for five. Well, there, now get this though. There's a streak. They've had figures showing in 2022, there was over a million checks each month. Wow. So that's over Ooh. 12 million background, background checks in checks. 2022. And the so, number's not out for 2023, right. but it's looking like but it's, it's going to be even higher than be that. higher than that. And I, maybe Roger, maybe we will reach the goal maybe the end of next year of 500 million uh, guns, guns in, in the, the United States. The well, like people. I say, their estimate is 400 million, but there's no way to confirm that. Right. Guns, if they're taken care of, tend to last a long time. The only two enemies of guns are rust Rust and politicians. Politicians. (laughs) And, uh. So, you can avoid the rust yourself. The politicians, get out there and vote for people who will protect your gun rights. If you're a new gun owner, look, we have, uh, we have some people that we know dearly who, um, you know, they, they might have some Democrat-leaning people in their families, and they're deciding to go out and buy guns and protect themselves now. And uh, my message to anyone out there, if you've been voting Democrat and you're now learning that you might have to protect yourself so you're going to go buy a gun, well, you better change your vote. to Now that you bought the gun, you better vote to protect your gun. That's right, because too many liberal candidates will violate the Constitution mm-hmm. every single time to take guns away from you while giving themselves or, more armed security. Or restrict you. I mean, they may not be able to come in and take your gun, but they'll restrict you where you can't carry it, like in California, in New, New York. York. Uh, and they'll tell you you can't carry too many bullets. They'll tell you that your gun must be on one side of the house, and you have to go outside and dig a 10-foot hole to put your ammunition <laughs> in. I, this is the kind of crap that yep. Democrats are They're requiring every in blue single states. Thing. But yet... If you look at their security details, they have to abide by none of these none restrictions. None of their rules. You've got that idiot. You know one of the if, – if anybody – you want to oh, see what on. I'm you're talking idiot, about. You're going to have to be more specific. You want to see what I'm talking about. Here's <laughs> I'm going to name names. Pull up YouTube. Pull up uh, Tucker Carlson and uh, – oh, my gosh. What is that dirtbag from Florida's name? 
Swalwell. Swalwell. Oh, Swalwell, yes. Swalwell. Look up, go YouTube, Tucker Carlson interviews Swalwell. And Tucker Carlson looks at him in the eye and says, how come your security detail doesn't have to abide by any of the rules that you're pushing on we the people? And that idiot looks at him and goes, oh, you're, 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 you're just making stuff up. He goes, no, I'm not making stuff up. Your security details is fully armed. Tell me they're not. And this, Swalwell sat there and actually told him, <laughs> well, you're just saying things that really are out of hand. That doesn't need to be said. The hell it doesn't need to be said. You still you're are not denying it's true, serve, though. Exactly. He never denied you're, you're the truth in the, the statement. People. You are not more important. And that's what Tucker looked at him and said, so you think you're more important than everybody else in the country. And, yeah. And, I mean, it was a, it's an awesome interview. Go look it up. Now, Swalwell is from Florida? I believe he's from Florida. Wow, because, yeah, he's, he's a heavy anti-gunner. Oh, dude, there's liberal enclaves in every state. I'm now, they were saying that. that a lot of states who are adjacent mm-hmm. to Gun unfriendly states saw huge increases in gun sales. Oh, Lots bet, of new customers. People are coming across like in Arizona. They were saying a lot of people who previously lived in California were moving to Arizona, mm-hmm. and they were taking advantage of their newfound well, Second, Amendment, newfound rights, Second you know? Amendment rights. You know, I'll tell you this: there's probably people in California coming over, buying guns, and taking them back to California. Nah, they can't do uh, that. I know they can't. Well, not legally. <laughs> I know they can't. But but a lot of people are moving. A lot of people, and then yes, and and my message: don't. Don't don't get yourself in trouble. Just leave, leave the state. Well, yeah, I mean, leave California. If you think it's so bad, because I know vote to change it. it. Right, you know, if you're going to stay in California, if you think Arizona has butter gun laws, say, but you want to stay in California, concentrate on helping get somebody elected who will change that for you. You have to get active because you've got to get convince other your fellow gun owners that are in California, even if they just are potential gun owners. Tell them. You got to stop voting for um, these other issues. If they're going to be one issued voter, let the one issue voter vote be for the Second Amendment. Or broaden your perspective a little and say, "Well, this is something I care about, but it's not the number one issue." But put it in your put it yeah. in your belt of things to check right, out, to at least. you know, and talk to people about it. If you if, if someone comes to you and wants to buy a gun, see where they stand politically. Right now, right. don't don't bash yeah, them. You don't or have to make trash them, them or tear them. Argue. Don't fight with them because you're never going to persuade anyone by 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 being mean or ugly or anything. But you can talk to them. Just say, hey, I see you've got your gun. Great, let's go shoot. Do you need some training? I can help train you, or I know people who can. And then among and when you're in that conversation, and then you can say, oh, by the way, you're you're enjoying your gun ownership you know that you're this is you got it for your protection do you understand that if you vote for a democrat they want to take this away from you they don't want you to be able to do this you know talk to people because no, a just lot ask of them, them something just so are you, are you ready to give, give your gun away right well you, no i just bought it I just well bought it. Oh, i mean well, if you keep if, voting if you vote for, for those liberals yeah they want and, to take and your and gun let's, away let's be honest democrats aren't liberals in the term of liberalism they're they're radical leftist socialist, socialist. communist. If you vote Marxist for socialist party, they don't want you to be armed. Um, because if you were liberal, I mean, I consider myself a liberal person on a lot of things. Yeah, except because I, because I like freedom and I like liberty. Fiscally responsible, <laughs> but socially liberal. Yeah, I mean, but when I think of liberal, you, you think of free. You think of, of free thought. And well, that's why they try and label. I guess you're right. They, the we Democrat shouldn't label them like that. It. Socialists. Democrats, yes, Democrats do not deserve. Oh, there's the term plenty of Republicans who are socialists also. A hundred percent. I talked you know, about them pol- today in my show. Politicians who are did socialists. You, did you, you should see not what get that douchebag Romney said? <laughs> oh yeah, he wouldn't vote for Trump. Yeah, and yeah. Any Democrats better than Trump? This is what he said. Wow. And 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 ladies and gentlemen, but based 
on what though? He had I, no basis uh, to say based it. Based on his little his personality issue. Because he's an establishment. Listen, Romney, like most of these idiots in Washington, they have all the money they're going to need. They have the power. They have security that's armed to the teeth. They have private jets. They have stake whenever they want it. They have everything that they tell you you can't have. They have all these things. So all these by voting for a Democrat, it's not going to hurt Romney. Romney's right. outrun anything a Democrat can do to us. Romney's outrun it. So these elitists who tell you that they could vote for a Democrat instead of Trump, they're not going to be hurt by it. But you and me are going to be hurt well, by it. Well, we saw, you it. know, inflation of hundreds of percent yeah, over four years. Hurt. Doesn't hurt Romney. I mean, every Doesn't year it goes up and up and up. Yeah. Everything gets, I mean, anyone who can't see things yeah. are more expensive than they were. And granted, that is a natural trend. Mm-hmm. Just, but it's going up at a higher percentage rate than it has in years. No, we're, we're, Trump had almost a zero had, percent inflation we had rate. Under two percent inflation with Donald Trump. Right. And Donald Trump was doing some really good moves, controlling. He was very good fiscally. Uh, he was a businessman. It's easy. It's really not hard to control inflation. Um, you just have to have a growing economy. Right. And you and, have to make it and, attractive for people to want to grow the economy. To want to grow the economy. And you have to make it rewarding. But what does he do? He pulls back tax cuts. You have to reward sweat equity and Biden punishes your sweat Right. Equity. Exactly. You raise taxes on successful people. You they're going to go somewhere else. If you raise taxes and you spend, 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 you cannot spend and not have inflation. What do you Even mean? Under, you can't spend your way out of debt? You can never spend your way out of debt. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen a poor person spend their way into rich, rich, uh, Richdom, and I've never got a job from <laughs> a poor I've never person. Got a job from a poor person, <laughs> um, but I just before I go, just a quick. It's an easy message. If you're a voter out there and you just can't stand Trump because you buy into all the media BS, but you like your guns, you like cheap gas, you like low food costs, you like low living cost, then you better figure out a way to <laughs> to vote for Donald. Take Trump. advantage of that. Yes. Okay. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back in a few moments. Are you a veteran of Desert Shield or Desert Storm? We do a show for you every Monday at 1 p.m. on veteran-owned, americaswebradio.com. Attention veterans with PTSD. If you can't sleep at night, listen to A Veteran's Place, hosted by Dr. Don Moeller, at 10 a.m., every Thursday, for your answer to sleeping, here on the Veteran Station, owned by a vet, with shows just for vets. americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And he was clueless. Hello. Clueless. Hello, we're back. So thanks for that, Dave. Uh, me and Vic having a side discussion side over there discussion. on point with Victor. But um, I was just looking at these numbers on the NICS checks, and they were showing, like I said, to almost 215,000 checks done. But another interesting figure is that they were showing that there's a there's obviously a new appetite for gun ownership in the United States that we've seen lately. Like over a million checks a month in 2022, and looking like it's going to break those records in 2023. But they found that a majority of households now, over 52 percent of households, now have a gun in the household. I'm sorry to say, Roger, is there any? Back statistic on this that says, okay, you said what, 215,000? Right at, yeah. How many were rejected? That I don't know. That figure I don't know. So I don't know. Usually that figure is very small, almost an anomaly. 
Because most people who can't buy a gun know they can't, and they don't go through regular channels to try and get one. I mean, there are a few, and a lot of them come back rejected, and then they find out there's two people the same name or something like that, and it ends up going through three or four days later. So, I mean, there there may be a 1% kickback on those that are unable to buy for some reason or another, but most of them go through pretty pretty easily unless there's some confusion on name or something like that. That's why... They say, like in Georgia, you don't need a handgun permit, but if you get one, you will eliminate any issues with a background check. Or if your name is Hunter Biden. Yeah, well, he can get whatever he wants, yeah. But uh, that, that's corruption in another form, which I don't want to get into. No, but I've had friends who, like say, I had one friend, his permit expired, he went to purchase a gun, and apparently there was someone with the same name as him. And uh, he was a criminal, and he got rejected on the permit, on the purchase that day. But three days later, he was able to get it because they clarified it. So if you have a common name especially, that's why I recommend if your state is a shall-issue state and will give you a permit, it gives you a little bit more freedom in being able to purchase guns, you know, without having to have confusion with the background checks. Now, they also said with the increase in gun sales, you know, 52% of all people responding to this poll claim they have a gun in their household. That's the highest number NBC News has ever recorded in more than two decades of taking this poll. They've been asking this question for over 20 years. That's the highest percentage of people who've said, yes, we have a gun in our household. And the biggest increase is coming from self-identified Democrats. People who identify as Democrats are coming forth and saying, you know what? I see what's happening. I think I need to have a gun in my home. But with that... You know, I think that uh, a lot of has happened just because of Israel and uh, Hamas. Right. If you saw any of that footage where they just parachuted in and started shooting people in the streets and in businesses and going into people's homes just killing everybody in the household. I mean, how many of you, I mean, there are a few of you, I know some of you, who would be prepared for something like that, but most people who do not have a gun in the household, what are they going to fight back with? Fight back with gardening tools? I mean, you know, it's pretty much all you'd have. So, you know, and it was crazy because they, you know, it was totally unexpected. They had no forewarning. And if that kind of thing were to happen here, like with 9-11, what if all the cells of terror in the United States all just turned on everybody all at once, started shooting up malls or, you know, stadiums or popular places or started going street by street and starting to clear houses and kill people. How many of you would be prepared for that if you don't have a gun in your house? You're going to have to call the police and wait because there's going to be, you know, a 100,000 calls coming in at the same time for the same issues. It's going to get, you know, it's going to get really ugly really fast if that were to happen here. You know, uh, you buy a, well... I tell you what, in my opinion, again, I think we should go back to the old theory of World War II when it was, the the saying was, loose lips sink ships. Right. And if you have a weapon, you keep it to yourself. You don't tell your neighbor, hey, I got... 20 weapons. Hey, I got... No, yeah. Unless they're part of your group of people who are going to work together or something were to fall apart. They're going to work together. But, I, you know, I think the best thing you can do is just keep your mouth shut. And, uh, you know, one thing that I 
don't get paid for by any means, but recommend highly, is to have the ring on your door. Oh, cameras now. Yeah, yeah, the cameras are very easy to get. They're inexpensive. There's nothing wrong with having a warning system like that. And there are plenty of them that can be had for, you know, less than $25. And these systems can be set up fairly easily, and they work really well. The, the resolution on the cameras has increased greatly. And you can probably for 100 and, 100 to $200, you can set up your entire house with cameras all around the outside. And, and I totally recommend them. Uh and that way, if you have a weapon and you've got somebody suspicious at the door... You've got warning. you got warning. Right. Absolutely. And you don't have to go and open that door. You can talk to them, find out what they want, and say, well, look... Or it'll I'm, give you time to arm yourself in case they're coming in anyway. Yeah. And, and or I'm calling the police. You're right. That would be your first response. However, once they kick that door in... The police will not be there in seconds. That'll take minutes to get there. Yep. That's why you have to be your own first responder. And if you have any inclination to learn how to use a firearm, I cannot think of a better time than now. And what we always say, and you and I have discussed this many, many times, know your surroundings. If something looks suspicious, assume that it is suspicious and take appropriate reaction. Right, and of course there's always, even if you see somebody in your neighborhood, you're saying loose lips sink ships, but also Homeland Security says if you see something, say something. You know, you see a guy unloading a trunk full of, car, of weapons in front of your neighbor's house, walking up the driveway, it might be nothing, but it might be something. If you know your neighbor, call him and see if he knows who these people are. If not, call the police and get him out there and start questioning people. You know, it doesn't hurt to take advantage of what you see within reason. Because so many people now want to just bury their head in the sand, mind their own business, not pay attention to their neighbors or anything else going on in their neighborhood. And it may not be you this time, but it may be you next time. So be prepared to help out if you can, especially if you know your neighbors. Get to know them a little bit. And like I say, you can talk about things slowly. Don't dump all this information about you yourself on them at once, you know. Feel them out to see where they stand on certain issues. You know, and uh, the other thing that has been brought up, but certainly needs to be brought up all the time, not just once in a while on rare occasions, but as our southern border. And who's moving in next door to you? Or who's moved in across the street? Or, you know... We yeah, have to know what's going on around us. Yeah, it'd be good. To, yeah, it's good to get that information. But some people, when they move in, or don't want to get to know anybody, and I understand that. You know, they want to keep to themselves, which is fine. But you know what? If they're that secretive, maybe they've got something to hide. Maybe they just don't like social interaction. So I'm not saying to call the police on anybody who doesn't come out to the to the neighborhood barbecue. But at least you know. Talk to anybody you can who knows anything about them. Find out what you can. You know, and they're going to probably do the same about you. But, you know, if you can make allies in your own neighborhood, that's always the best place to start for any kind of defensive activity that would involve a neighborhood being involved in something like that. So be aware of that. That's something that makes a huge difference. I remember we were going to talk about prepping. And one thing about prepping is have a group of people, like-minded people, who you can rely on to help with things. 
everybody has a skill that they can contribute in some way. Say the guy next door doesn't shoot guns or doesn't do it well, doesn't feel comfortable with it. But happens to be a butcher. Yeah, or happens to be a medic at a hospital or something. You know, everybody's got a skill that they can use. You know, so you'll want to be careful of that and make sure you give everybody a position where they can be helpful in the event of some huge crisis. And, you know, when it comes to crises, there's several times. There's natural disasters. You know, in certain parts of the country, you're going to vary as to what kind of disaster you're going to run into. Obviously, on the East Coast, you're you're not going to run into uh, earthquakes as often as you are on the West Coast. But we'll get them on the East Coast. There's going to be, you're not going to run into blizzards like like in in, in the Northeast. Yeah, in the Southeast, you get tornadoes, hurricanes, and in the West, they get hurric uh, they get. Uh, Earthquakes, fires, because the dry temperatures out there. So every area has their own natural disasters to deal with. There would be blizzards, tornadoes, hurricanes, fires. There's always something that can happen in any part of the country. And being prepared for that is just as important as being prepared for, say, a terrorist invasion or a terrorist insurrection. You know, in fact, the natural disasters are almost guaranteed to happen. That's something you need to be prepared for no matter what. With the other, it's going to be a little less likely. So far in the United States, it's fairly rare that we've had any kind of terrorist activity here. It's pretty rare. The FBI, NSA, CIA do a really good job of identifying most of the real threats and helping eliminate them before they actually happen. But for natural disasters, yeah. Would a gun be helpful? Possibly. During Katrina, we saw looters by the dozens, by the hundreds all right, we're going to come back right after this and get into this a little more. This is Roger B. on America's Web Radio. Attention veterans with PTSD. If you can't sleep at night, listen to A Veteran's Place, hosted by Dr. Don Moller at 10 a.m. every Thursday for your answer to sleeping here on the Veterans Station, owned by a vet, with shows just for vets. AmericasWebRadio.com What do doctors talk about in doctors' lounges around the country? Find out on the Doctor's Lounge Show every Thursday at 8 a.m. on America's Web Radio. Are you a veteran of Desert Shield or Desert Storm? We do a show for you every Monday at 1 p.m. on veteran-owned, americaswebradio.com. And again, we want to remind you, particularly if you are a veteran, go to our homepage and look what's going on there, and uh, I think you'll be quite interested as... Details are coming. There'll be more and more of them published very shortly on our homepage. So take a look at it and tell your best military veteran buddy about it. And uh, we'll be announcing a lot of new things coming up. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, for standing by. We're going to get into this <clears throat> Your natural disaster thing, that's going to be the kind of thing where you don't just need a gun, but you should have one anyway. If you feel comfortable to learn how to use it and it to be a primary source of defense for you, even in a natural disaster, looters are the number one two-legged pests that come around during natural disasters. Well, with that in mind, uh, I'd like to expand on that. If you have the food... There's somebody out there that might want to take it from you. Right. The guy going hungry is not the guy with the gun in his house. (laughs) And you have to be prepared to defend what you have to help keep your family 
in the best of condition. You know, that, that makes a difference. So be aware of that. And like I say, that's why getting to know your neighbors might make a difference. Say you don't have any guns, you can't shoot, or you have some ailment or objection to it, then find somebody who can and be willing to share what you have with them, and they will share what they have with you. This thing, everybody's got skills, everybody's got strong points and weak points. Try and put your group of people together by what their strong points are. You know, and try and... uh Put their weaknesses aside and, and compensate for that with other people in your group. Putting together like-minded people for a survival situation is always difficult because you don't want to disclose too much, but you also don't want to waste somebody's potential skills if they're willing to help you and you help them. That's uh, the- One other thing I'd like to add to that is that, uh, you know, if you know your neighbors, then you know some of their abilities or some of their disabilities or whatever the case. Right. But if the situation presents itself that you're needing to get together, there's, you gotta have a leader. And maybe that's your calling that if nobody else is stepping up to the plate, you step up to the plate and say, okay, folks, right. this is what we're gonna do. Right. And if everybody's willing to listen, but of course, Picking a leader among people who have no structured hierarchy is sometimes difficult. Make suggestions. I mean, I wouldn't go out of your way to try and force yourself into a leadership role because that can get kind of tricky sometimes. But, you know, offer suggestions. Let other people offer suggestions also and put it to a, you know, a vote with the people who are there. You can kind of it'd be better to be a guide than to try and take over a leadership position unless you have the experience to do that, you know, especially if you have some military people in your group. They're going to be a wealth of information that most people don't have. You know, and you may have law enforcement officers, military personnel. All those guys are going to have a little more experience with some of this. However, the guy who's a corporate leader is in charge of thousands of people. He has some leadership skills also. But, you know, try not to let it get to a point where there's contention among that. Let everybody have a voice. You know, it sounds weird, but you want to have a democracy in a small group. Now, in a large group, like say people say, oh, like the United States is a democracy. The United States is not a democracy. We are a republic of law. We may even, some even people say we're a democratic republic. But democracy is two sheeps, no, two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner. <laughs> So, you know, you have to be careful with neighbors and everything and groups of people because you don't want to alienate anybody. You don't want to come off as too too over overbearing. You want to get everybody to use their strengths and to praise them on whatever strengths they have. But if you're preparing for a natural disaster, there are things you're going to need. Like I said, a gun is not a bad thing to have. Granted, it's not going to be the most used item you have. First thing is going to be first aid. you got to have enough first aid to cover people in your group be able to account for a variety of possible injuries or possible uh, downfalls that people run into. If somebody can't swim and there's a flood, you got to make sure you get them to higher ground. If people get cuts and scrapes, they're probably the number one issue that happened during natural disasters. If you have anything more intense than that, severe cuts or lacerations that have to be put together. Do you have things in your first aid kit for that? Do you know what it takes? Do you Have you bought any of these things? 
<clears throat> one thing I recommend is there's a, a blood clotting bandage they sell. Most of them are Israeli because they use, I think they're in every household in Israel. And those are good to have. I mean, everybody's got band-aids and, and antibiotics in their first aid kit. Do you have scissors? Do you have sewing needles? Do you have super glue? Do you have anti-clotting bandages to help with bigger wounds? Do you have, they make adapters that you can use to give somebody mouth-to-mouth resuscitation more effectively than putting your mouth on theirs. And certainly less uncomfortable. But that's something you gotta consider. Look, there are places that sell these first aid kits. You can probably get them on Amazon. You probably get them on Timu. You probably get them on a variety of places. eBay sells them. And there's probably places that specialize in just these kind of first aid kits. In fact, I know if you go to gun shows and prepper shows, they normally have them available there. And if you can't afford the best one, get a small one to start with and add pieces to it as you go. A lot of times you can buy the pieces relatively cheap and you can add them, you know, one or two a month till you build a first aid kit that you think is comprehensive enough to cover nearly any kind of situation. Now, keep in mind the number one things are going to be scrapes, cuts, lacerations. You want to prevent infection with that. So have antibiotic on hand as well. You can get this anywhere. Any Walmart, any drugstore, any big box store will have antibiotics in the health and beauty aid section. Make sure you have that to go with bandages because that's going to be the biggest issue. Then you got to see what if somebody's got something hurt or sprained. Do you have an elastic bandage to wrap it up in to stabilize it? Because if somebody, if you guys have to move for any reason, everybody has to be mobile. If somebody's hurt a limb or hurt a foot or an ankle, are you going to be able to wrap them up well enough to where they can get their way out of there without too much help? Because people carrying other people is extremely difficult. That's not, that's not an easy way to travel at all. And that's something. If, if you're there and you're secure, do you want to move or do you want to stay where you are? That would be the difference between bugging in and bugging out. If your place is secure, if you feel like you can defend your position or you can hold your position and wait for help to arrive if you have anything more serious or if you have enough food and water to hold out, Stay where you are. There's no reason to move unless there's some imminent danger or imminent threat coming in. And have lots of ice on hand. Right. Ice turns into water, which makes you have something to drink, and it keeps food cold. In fact, there's a little trick I was reading about. You take um, You take a cup of water, freeze it, take it out of the freezer, put a quarter on top of it, put it back in the freezer. You may wonder, why would you do this? Because if the power goes out, that cup of water is going to start to melt. If you get home and that quarter's on the bottom of that cup, if you had to bug out for any reason, that quarter's at the bottom of the cup, that means everything in that freezer has defrosted completely and it's probably not good anymore. If you come back and the quarter's gone down about a half an inch or an inch or whatever, halfway down, chances are all your food is probably still good and didn't fully defrost. That we can tell how long the power was out for without having to, you know, guess on anything like that. And that ice is good for packing wounds. Right, right, absolutely. But that's just a little trick that you can use in your freezer if you have them at home to make sure your food didn't go bad while you were gone. So you can tell if everything was defrosted or not. Because sometimes the power comes back on more quickly than others. If it's out for days on end, a good freezer will hold ice for several days. 
So even if your power was out for two days, if that quarter didn't hit the bottom, you're probably okay with most of the food in the freezer. And the refrigerator is probably in a similar situation if you didn't, if it wasn't opened a bunch of times while it was there. So it also depends on the weather too. During cold weather, everything will survive better because when the heat goes out, the house is going to get cold. So we'll help a refrigerator be more efficient or a freezer be more efficient. In the middle of the summer, though, those times are going to be a lot shorter because everything without air conditioning will heat up quickly. But a refrigerator or a freezer is an excellent insulator. That's why we use them to keep things cold. So but keep that in mind. Use the quarter trick. If you have a coffee cup full of water, put it in the refrigerator, freeze it, then lay your quarter on top of it or dime or nickel, whatever, and when you get back, if you had to bug out from your home, you'll know how much time had elapsed between the time the power went out and came back on and what condition your frozen or refrigerator food is in. Bidenomics may require you to use a penny. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Although right now a quarter is only worth a penny, so <laughs> the inflation's so high it's ridiculous. But, yeah, it's a good little trick to use. I mean, it, and it doesn't cost you anything to do that. And it gives you a good indication without having alarms and, you know, all kinds of computerized gadgets in your freezer to tell you what happened. So that's something to consider. So natural disasters are going to be the biggest one when it comes to not being able to get supplies. You know, I was in a, I personally was in a tornado-affected area, and the biggest issue we had is everyone was trying to get out of the neighborhood and trees had fallen all over the place, and there was no way to get a car down the street to get it out of the neighborhood. So everyone basically had to cut our way out, cut trees in order to get our way out of the neighborhood to be able to get outside and get communications, which were all down. All the food was down. Now, since it was a tornado, it was rather pinpointed. It hit certain areas, like a swath of area, in the neighborhood. So it didn't, it, you got just outside of that, you got a half a mile, a mile away, everything was clear and fine. But in that ex- hit area, everything was down and you couldn't get communication. Nowadays, even with cell phones, hopefully the communication would still be up. You'd just be out to a further tower if you have access to it, if your phone can get that far. But a lot of the close towers during a tornado would probably be knocked out. During a hurricane, it's much more widespread. You have huge areas that may be left without power, without available water, without gas in the wintertime to heat things or cook things or sterilize water if you need that. And that's another thing. Water is probably one of the biggest issues when people are stranded because you have to have water within three days. You can't get more than three days without water. It's like three minutes without air, three days without water, 30 days without food. So, you know, Stocking food is always a good idea in a prepper situation, but stocking water is probably even more important. And food can be done. One thing I like about the food is if you get freeze-dried food, all you need is water to have an abundance of meals for months on end. That's all it takes. Now, storing water for long periods of time can be difficult. But if you have access to a way to at least store enough to survive for a week or so, that's a good place to start. And don't forget... Don't forget your Clorox. Right. Clorox is a good way to to treat water. It'll take out any of the bacteria and a lot of the protozoans that can get into water if they're stored for a long period of time. And it doesn't take much. But if you put too much in, you'll have to wait 24 hours for it to come back out because chlorine will come out of water in approximately 24 hours. In fact, most water 
for through uh, municipalities is chlorine treated. You can tell when you turn on the faucet, you can smell that chlorine. If you let water sit for 24 hours, the chlorine will come out of the water. So that's something to consider too. Chlorine, Clorox, they're good ways to sterilize water if you have a day to wait. Now, if you don't have a day to wait, there are filters and things like that you can use right away. But if you have large quantities of water to sterilize, the Clorox chlorine is the best way to do that. And small amounts of chlorine are fine if you did drink them, too. It's not going to hurt you. You drink it every day if you drink any municipal water. But that's one of the best sterilizers there are of water, and it kills most of the bacteria that are very dangerous. There are probably a few viruses that could survive, but the viruses don't normally thrive in water environments. They can, but it's not their normal place, while bacteria tend to favor a moist place. So just do your research, see what the threats are in your area, and then figure out what you need to do to provide for yourself. Like I say, so you need water. You'll need a weapon to defend what you've got, too, because everything you have, everybody else in the neighborhood needs. Now, if they stored it themselves, then you're all in the same boat. That's great. Everybody can help everybody else if somebody wanted to trade certain foods or certain assets for other assets. That's great. But if they didn't store anything, didn't take care to prepare, they're going to come for your stuff. Whether they can take it from you or not is up to you if you're prepared to defend it. Now, the people who didn't prepare probably don't have guns either. So they're probably not going to be in a position to take anything that you're not willing to give. So, and that's another thing. If you get in a situation for more than a few days, bartering for stuff is going to become the standard. You're going to have to have things that you can trade for other things in order to get what you need and to make sure a a tad of civilization stays in the situation. Because, you know, there's going to be people who don't have anything and they're going to want to take whatever they think they need. And you're going to have to be able to stop them. Your family, yourself, your family, and your property come first. Just like Donald Trump said, America first. Well, when a difficult situation happens, it's your family first. Take care of you first. You start giving away everything you've saved and you don't have enough to provide for your own. Your saving was irrelevant because you're all going to be dead before it gets to anything substantial. But hopefully none of these natural disasters normally last for more than a few days without resources being shipped into the areas in huge amounts. Even during Katrina, which is probably the last one that was a huge long-term situation, they had all the water shipped in, cases and cases of water generators all being shipped in within days of the hurricane leaving the area. So there's plenty of resources. Now, getting them distributed was another problem because of the flooding that came after the hurricane. People thought they would stay in their houses and be okay. When the levee broke, there was none of that. People were hiding on top of their roofs with everything they had stored and prepared being flooded. So that brings me to another point. What if you have to leave? Now, that is going to be a matter of how much time do you have. Now, with a tornado, you have very little warning. Maybe an hour, if that, because it goes from a watch to a warning very quickly. And you could be hit with a tornado within several minutes. Earthquakes, virtually no warning whatsoever. And then hurricanes, you can see them coming for days. So you have time to prepare. And one thing you want to prepare is do you have a backpack, a piece of luggage, something you could put food, water, medicine that you need for two or three days. If you had to get out of your house, what would you need to survive for a week, for two weeks? 
How much could you carry with you? How much could you take with you if you had to walk? And you have to have preparation for any type of egress, whether you're taking a car or truck, whether you're taking a bicycle, whether you're walking out on foot, how much can you carry with you? Do you have a way to carry it? You know, most people will use a backpack every day or briefcase or some piece of luggage for everyday travel. Now, if you have just luggage with wheels on it, if the roads are torn up or there's things all over the road, are you going to be able to wheel that over all those things? Mm, maybe, maybe not. Depends on how much clearing of the road there was or what the damage was. During a flood, once the waters recede, everything should be a lot easier to travel over. But if you're talking about a hurricane or tornado where debris is blown everywhere and you can't move as well over roadways as you could before that, that's going to be a problem. What does a flood bring out? Fish. I don't know. Snakes. Oh, yeah, in the summertime, yeah, absolutely. Certain parts of the country, yeah. And you need to, uh, you know, it's, I guess if there's a moral to all of our story. And uh, the Boy Scouts say it best, be prepared. But in being prepared is knowing how to look around and see what's... Yeah, assess the situation. Yeah. Absolutely. All situations. Right, and I know you can't prepare for every last contingency. There's just no way. You'd be spending your whole life preparing for something that may never happen. And I see people who've done this. They spend their entire lives prepping and preparing, and nothing ever happens. And they gave up valuable time of their life doing this. But you have to, you know, draw a line, make a plan, and set aside a certain amount of time to prepare what you can for the most likely scenarios. For the unlikely scenarios... You might be less prepared for those. But again, how much time do you want to put forth into preparing for things that are much less likely? Like a meteor strike on Earth. You're going to prepare for that? Sure, you can try. But if it never happens, you spent your whole life preparing for something that never happened. And if you put a lot of energy and money into preparing for something that's unlikely, I personally believe you're wasting your time and money. Let's say the last big, I guess, issue we had in this country was toilet paper shortages. You know, I mean, it sounds silly, but who thought to prepare for that? Yeah, a lot of people, like I never, I didn't buy anything during the pandemic as far as toilet paper, paper towels, because I buy them in bulk at the local, you know, big box membership club warehouse places, and I store them because I've got room. You know, the other thing in being prepared is like like we've talked, like I just talked about knowing what knowing your situation, but that's also keeping abreast of the news. Right, knowing when something is coming, if there's that possible warning. Yeah, yeah we don't we don't have a clue right now of what our southern border is going to bring to us, or has already brought to us. And we don't know it. And this is, it's going to be, it's already a problem in some areas, and it's going to become more and more of a problem. And the only defense that I know is to listen to the news. And if you've got terrorists or you've got whatever moving into your neighborhood. (laughs) Yep. Then you need to be prepared. That's right. Whether the terrorist comes in form of an armed insurgent or whether it comes in the form of a liberal voting Democrat. Either way, they're going to cause problems. Yeah. <laughs>
No question. That's right. But, yeah, I mean, and the thing is to find news that's going to be accurate, too, because so much of the news now is slanted. It's propaganda-based. They're not going to tell you if terrorist people from certain countries are coming into the neighborhood because that would be profiling. We can't have that. You don't want to have profiling. But, unfortunately, that's what it takes. After 9-11, the United States went to Israel and they asked them, how do you guys prevent terrorism? They had never had a hijacking of a plane in their Israeli airline. So they said, how do you do it? What do you do? He goes, you don't look for weapons. You look for terrorists. You look for people who are most likely to commit these acts. Now, in the United States, it's probably a lot harder because we are such a melting pot of a variety of different people. There are American citizens from every country in the world that live, thrive, prosper, and have adapted American ways. But then we run into, you know, but if you want to start profiling people, you run into what we ran into in World War II. Anybody of Japanese descent was put into holding camps until their identity could be verified and, you know, and, uh, made sure they weren't dangerous. And that, you know, it's, there's a fine line there between homeland defense and taking it too far and preemptively striking on people who don't deserve it. So. That's a, that's a tough thing, but it's like Donald Trump said. He goes, we're building a wall not because we don't want people here. We want them to use the front door. You know, if someone comes into a window of your house, they obviously have nefarious intent. If they come in through the not knock on the front door and come in the proper way, you'd probably greet almost anybody who looked like they weren't going to cause you harm. Now, you see four, three or four masked people banging on your door at 2 in the morning. Obviously, front door or not, that's not going to stop them. But are you prepared to stop them? Can you help? If you're in a situation where you have no power because of a hurricane or tornado or a natural disaster and people are going around looking for food, for water, for things to loot because they want to take advantage of the situation, are you prepared to defend what you have? Are you prepared to potentially take someone's life to defend your family? Especially when it comes to things like water and food. I mean, especially water. If you have water saved for everybody in small amounts, but enough for you guys to survive for a week, someone starts taking half that supply, your survival rate just went from one week down to three days. All of a sudden, you guys are going to be in trouble in three days, where you could have made it for a week. So it's 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 probably the worst part of having to deal with this sort of thing, because everybody wants to help people if they can. But at some point, you have to prioritize where your help is going to be issued first, where it's who are the first people you want to protect. And 99% of the people are going to say their family comes first. They have to. You know, that's why you're head of the household. You take care of your household, whoever you are, man, woman, single parents, double parents, take care of your household first. Now, if you have extras, if you have more than you need and you know it's not going to be too long till resources are available again, by all means, help neighbors if you have the ability. And let and hopefully they will come up with something to help you back in some way. You know, that's the thing. I mean, that's why if you know your neighbors, it's easier to help them. However, if you know them and they are not doing anything to prepare, then it's going to be more difficult because you know these people as friends, but they didn't prepare for any sort of a situation. And you're going to have to make some hard decisions when they come banging on your door looking for food and water because they didn't stockpile anything. And you look at your family and decide, they come first in my life. They are the people I am going to have to take care of first. 
They're the people I'm going to have to prioritize in this situation. And that's true with anything in life. You have to prioritize. And when it comes to prepping and bugging out or bugging in, prioritize what you have in your bags that you take with you. Prioritize what you keep in your household. Obviously, if you're bugging in, you can keep a lot more things in your house than if you have to leave your home. Leave your home base. That requires a lot less to go with you. It depends on how you leave. Are you leaving by a vehicle or are you leaving on foot? Leaving on foot makes that even more difficult. Now, one thing I can recommend is if you have, they make a lot of these uh, wagons, these fold-up wagons that you can use to carry stuff. I know people use them to go to the beach. Instead of lugging everything with their arms, they put them in these wagons, take everything down, and take everything back. And most of them have kind of all-terrain style wheels, so they're helpful in that situation for moving things if you had to get out of your residence. If you had to, had to get out of your home base, you got a way to get out. you got a way to be mobile. You've got a way to carry more stuff than you could carry just on your back or in your luggage or in your suitcase or in your fanny pack. Whatever type of carrying device you have, you can carry more if you have something with wheels on it that's capable of going over terrain that may not be perfect. If not, you have several people with you. They can lift it over some of the bigger obstacles, but you can carry more with you. And even if you don't need it personally for your group or your people, you have things to trade. Because I have a feeling if natural disasters were to hit and people were cut off for any length of time more than just a few days, barter would become a huge issue. Barter is going to be the way people get things that they need and be able to trade what they have extra of for things they need and vice versa. Everybody's going to be able to trade for what they have and what they need because different people are going to prioritize different things. And your kids present a whole different situation in that if you have very young kids that need diapers and... Oh, diapers, baby food, medicine... Yeah, kids, I mean, people too. I mean, even older people too. If they need certain medications, make sure you have at least a two-week supply on hand whenever you can. A month's supply would be even better just in case you can't get back to your home base or can't get a prescription filled in a timely fashion. Do you have enough to go for a month at a time? You know, of course, any amount you can you can carry that will keep. I had a uh, cousin of mine who works for a um, a drug company, and one of the things he said is expired drugs are better than no drugs. They may not be as effective, but there's I don't believe there's any drugs that actually will go toxic with time. You know, more than a couple months, maybe. Better to have something that's slightly expired than not have anything at all. There probably are a few things you should not take after a certain point, but I don't know what they are. I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on any radio shows. So something to consider. But, yeah, I mean, there are so many factors to consider, bugging out, bugging in. How many people do you have to care for? How capable are those people? Can everybody in your family walk for miles if they had to? Now, generally, kids are going to be more helpful in this situation because they can carry more than they need. But, again, they have to be of the understanding of what has to be done. They have to understand the seriousness of the situation, and they have to know how to get things done, just like you do. And sometimes it requires practice. Okay, we're going to cover more about prepping in the next few weeks because I think it's very, especially with what's going on, it's a very serious issue that needs to be covered. But until then, my name is Roger B. You've been listening to Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. 
The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.